Good morning. Have your Bibles with you. Turn to Malachi chapter 3. Malachi chapter 3, verses 1 through 4. If not, it'll be here on the screen before you. Maybe. Malachi chapter 3, verses 1 through 4. Say amen when you're ready to read. Everybody wait. Raise your hands up real high. Raise your hands up real high. Stretch real big. Deep breath. Now everybody ready to read, say amen. Amen. There you're awake. Scripture says, beginning in verse 1 of Malachi chapter 3, I will send my messenger who will prepare the way before me. Then suddenly the Lord you are seeking will come to his temple. The messenger of the covenant whom you desire will come, says the Lord Almighty. But who can endure the day of his coming? Who can stand when he appears? For he will be like a refiner's fire or a launderer's soap. He will set as a refiner and purifier of silver. He will purify the Levites and refine them like gold and silver. The Lord Then the Lord will have men who will bring offerings and righteousness, and the offerings of Judah and Jerusalem will be acceptable to the Lord as in the days gone by, as in former years. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Father God, I thank you for the reading of your word. I pray now, Father, that you'd open our hearts, our minds, our souls, and our senses, that we prepare ourselves to become better disciples of your son, Jesus. I pray now, Father, that you remove me from this, using me as your humble vessel, speaking your word through me. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. So here the prophet Malachi is talking about preparing our hearts and our minds and our souls for the coming of of the messenger and the coming of Jesus. So who are the messengers that Malachi is talking about? The first one he's talking about is John the Baptist. And the second one is Jesus Christ. How many of you like peace? How many of you like peace? How many of you like peace and quiet? Yeah, like peace peace and quiet. How many of you like peace at work? How many of you like peace at home? There's a saying, if mother's not happy, no one's happy. Amen? Amen. Yeah. If mother's not happy, no one's happy. <clears throat> we like peace. How many of you are preparing your meals and your list of everything that you're going to have for Christmas? You're getting gathered up about who all's coming and how many card tables you need to put out and so forth. How many of you is doing that? Just a few of you? Yeah, getting ready for all that. <clears throat> And, and we begin to think about the peace that's going to happen and the joy of all the family being together, right? How it's going to be peaceful and joyful. Here, Malachi is talking about that in verse 2, but who can endure the day of his coming? Who can stand when he appears? For will we be, he will be like a refiner's fire or launderer's soap. <clears throat> Jesus is going to come in all of his glory and he's going to refine us as he refines us every day, day in and day out. A refiner takes metal, and as he melts it down, all the impurities float to the top, and he skims off the impurities, and all he's left with is quality metals. That's what he's left with. But in the reflection of the quality metals, you know what he sees. He sees himself. So in the theory of us being disciples of Jesus Christ and him refining us day in and day out, 
as He removes from our heart, as we prepare our hearts and our minds for the Advent season, as we are in the, the second Sunday of Advent of peace, He removes all our shame and guilt and all of our selfishness and all of our uh, just ambitious desires that get in His way. He removes them from us so that the reflection of Him shines through us. That way we become more and more like Christ and less and less about us. Look at Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1 verses 68 through 79. <clears throat> so Malachi is talking about the coming of John the Baptist. John the Baptist was the son of Elizabeth and the son of Zechariah. And Zechariah had went into the temple of the most holy place and while he was in there, he was praying to God and Gabriel the archangel come to him. <clears throat> Excuse me. And he said, you are going to have a child and your wife is going to have a child. Now, of course, Zechariah was well in age and he said, yeah, yeah, right. Or you've got to be kidding me. And he says, no, you're, you're really going to have a child and this is going to happen. And he says, well, forgive me, but I'm well in age. I need some kind of sign that this is really going to happen. And Gabriel tells him, he says, okay, so here's the sign because of your disbelief. You will be mute until your child is born. And so as Zechariah leaves the temple, the people in, in the temple around see Zacharias come out and the holiness of God upon him, and yet he cannot speak. And so as it unfolds that Elizabeth becomes pregnant, she gives birth to a child, and as they take the child to the temple to present it before the Lord, <clears throat> the priest says to Elizabeth, says, well, what are we going to name the child? And she says, we're going to call the child John. And she says, not, the priest says, not, not going to name it after the father, not going to name it after somebody in the family. John is not even a family name for you. And so they turn to Zechariah and they urge him, uh, give him gestures for him to agree with them to name the child after him. And he motions for them to bring him a tablet. And on the tablet he writes, the child's name shall be John. And in that instance, his tongue is loosened. And many people see this wonderful act that has happened. And the word spreads like wildfire. And here we pick up in Luke Chapter 1, verse 68, the song of Zechariah. Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, because He has come to His people and redeemed them. He has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of His servant David, as He said through His holy prophets long ago, salvation from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us, to show mercy to our ancestors and to remember His holy covenant, the oath he swore to our father Abraham to secure us from the hand of our enemies and to enable us to serve him without fear in holiness and in righteousness before him all our days. And you, my child, will be called a prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare the way for him to give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins." 
because of the tender mercy of our God by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven to shine on those living in darkness and in the shadows of death to guide our feet in the path of peace. The path of peace. How many of you are preparing a list for people to come in out of town that, that's going to be with you at Christmas time? Anybody? Some, some of you maybe? Nobody? Nobody? Oh my goodness. <clears throat> yes, Brenda, I was talking about White earlier. Brenda has a cousin's name's White. And White is loud and obnoxious, and you hate to see White coming. And when White comes, and he used to come and stay as we used to gather at Brenda's mother's house, and everybody would come in, and oh my goodness, that the people would come to find eating, and everybody, and I would say, is White there? And she'd say, yes, but I'd say, oh no, White's there. And White would, he would leave the toilet seat up, White would leave his towel on the floor, White would put his drink on the end table, the nice end table without a coaster, uh, White would do everything he possibly could to cause havoc, and he didn't even realize he was doing it. You would just be all in an uproar because White was there. So you begin to make your list, and everybody begins to talk about where you're going to set everything, and even though that White is 47 years old, you're trying to set White at the children's table. And then you realize that you want peace. And you want happiness in your family. So we give in and we let White sit with us at the big boy table. And as we leave, after all the festivals are over, we're not thinking about how glad we are that White's leaving. We're not thinking about that. We're not even thinking about how much varnish it's going to take to strip down and redo the end table where he left the drink that left the ring on it without a coaster. We're not even thinking about how much it's going to cost to use whatever it is we can find to get whatever that smell is that's in the couch of whatever he spilt out. We're not thinking about that. As we hug White and tell him that we love him and we can't wait till we see him again, we truly, truly mean that. Even though as we prepare our list, the next year we'll go, is white coming? White coming? We like peace. And as we begin to prepare our hearts and our minds for Advent, as we begin to celebrate this Sunday of peace, we have to think to ourselves, what peace do we really want in our life? Is it about the peace that we know that white's going to give me an ugly sweater that I'm only going to wrap up and give back to him next year? Is it about the present that White's going to give? It's not. It's about the present that God gave us through His Son, Jesus. It's about the love that He gives us through giving us His Son. It's the peace that we have from knowing Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. And as we hug White's neck and we know that, that even White knows Jesus Christ as His Lord and Savior, that even White is a creation of God, We have peace. Luke chapter 3. 
verses 1 through 6. And I'm going to skip down to verse 3. It says, he went into all the country around the Jordan preaching a baptism of repentance and forgiveness. It's talking about John the Baptist. Forgiveness of sins, as it is written in the book of the words of Isaiah the prophet, a voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. Every valley shall be filled and every mountain hill metal made low. The crooked road shall become straight, the rough way smooth and all the people will see God's salvation not literally meaning that every valley is going to be filled in that every every mountain is going to be low it's just saying that John is coming into the world to make the path of Jesus coming to bring his salvation he's laying the foundation for those who hear him it was not about what John was wearing because John was not uh, a very well-dressed man. John wore uh, camel hair clothing. It wasn't about John's... Uh, it wasn't even about his diet and what he ate because he didn't eat the finest of foods. He ate locusts and wild honey. That was what his diet was. That's what it consisted of. It does, it, to John, it didn't matter how he was dressed. It didn't matter about his status quo. What mattered to him is that he was sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. One that was coming before him that even he wasn't worthy to loosen the thongs of his sandals. John was preparing the way for Jesus to come into the world and for him to bring his ministry of salvation through him. It's not about preparing for your wife and your family to come. It's not about going to Lowe's and buying the plastic coating that goes on your carpet and your couch and your end tables and preparing for wife to come. It's about preparing your heart to receive Jesus in and all of His peace and His love and His mercy. Yeah, now we enjoy getting together. And, and, and don't get me wrong, White's really not that bad. White's, White's very intelligent. Bernie says, yeah, he is. <laughs> very intelligent, very funny. Very funny. But it's not about all the things bad about somebody. It's about loving to see them. It's about family. It's about remembering what the the true reason that we celebrate Christmas is all about. Philippians chapter 1, verses 3 through 11. Paul speaking, talking to the church of Philippi, beginning in verse 3, he says, I thank my God every time I remember you in all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the day, from the first day until now. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. It is right for me to feel this way about all of you since I have you in my heart. And whether I am in chains 
or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best and made by, may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. So what Paul is saying is this, is that he wants everybody to understand that the love he has is the same love that God bestowed upon us and given us that gift of Jesus Christ. That there's no greater gift given to us. And he wants us to understand, and his prayer is, is that our love may abound more and more in knowledge of Jesus. And the depth of insight that we may understand more and more about Him. That we may be refined from the inside out. That we may project the presence of Jesus in our lives. And as it says in verse 10, so that you may be able to discern what is best and be, may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ. He's talking about I want you to understand what really truly is important it's not whether or not the dressing is dry or the the turkey's dry or that there's not enough sweets or white has spilled something or it's not about all that what truly matters is that we celebrate the birth of our lord and savior jesus christ and we ask for him to intervene into our lives that we may have that peace that passes all understanding.